his clearly artificially enhanced <laughs> male breast. <laughs> Dude, he's got the whole Hogan skin of a hot dog thing down. Welcome back to the Texas Triangle NBA podcast. I am here with the other cerebral assassin, my good friend, <laughs> Triple E, Eric. Ooh, thank you. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself, man? Oh, it's, it's, you know, it's going. It feels like an actual fall day in Texas. It does indeed. Kind of um, nice. It's the, the Spurs and the Rockets are good again. That's weird. It's kind of weird and nice. Weird, unusual things happening in Texas. It, it Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. One can only wonder when things will go back to normal and the power grid will shut down or something. Probably yeah. not long. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. good point. Yeah. All right, so uh, <laughs> where should we start? Uh, let's hit the Spurs, man. I think that's the most relevant and recent uh, big news in the Texas Triangle, for mm-hmm. sure, is uh, beating the Warriors, man. Yeah, so that game was, uh, I think, very indicative of the changes that have happened with the Spurs, the, the actual growth that has happened over the last, I don't know, 10 games, because through the beginning of the season when the Spurs were 4-12, and 12, we kept hearing over and over again from Pop, the worm is going to turn. That was his catchphrase almost. And then it seems like it finally has. Where does that originate? Do you know? Have we Googled that phrase? I haven't, honestly, but it's a weird one to me. I think it's from some medieval fiction. I can't remember what it's called. I think I had to read it in college. Oh, okay. But uh, maybe the cheese and the worms, something like that. I don't know. It's not a fishing reference. I was hoping no. it was like a King of the Hill line or something. Yeah. Giving the fish crack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I derailed us with the worm question. My bad. Yeah, but uh, speaking of giving fish crack, uh, Derek White, I think, uh, rounding back into form, has been... Beluga whales are technically <laughs> mammals. God damn I'm it. sorry. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think we're completely derailed. No, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm done. That was okay. my last one. All right. This is my last outburst. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but um, <clears throat> let's see. So Derek White has uh, resurrected himself midseason. It's kind of almost hard and ask. It seems like he's played himself into shape because I would say over the last four games, Derek White has been either the best or the second best player on the Spurs. I would agree. From what I've seen, um, it's yeah, it's night and day. It really yeah. is night and day. It does look like a guy who's in shape now, though. That's yeah. probably a good theory. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't necessarily want to speculate on what exactly was going on with Derek. Um, his percentages still aren't quite there. He's not super efficient, but just having a, a closer facsimile of bubble Derek, playoff Derek, whatever you want to call it, has dramatically transformed this team uh, into a team that looks like they can actually hang with anyone, not kind of like the fake hanging that we saw earlier in the season. Like, <laughs> uh, I guess I guess the best way to illustrate it is to look back in the last four games. So it's been Boston... Washington, Portland, mm-hmm. Blazers. So in the Blazers game, I was not in the Blazers game, the uh, Golden State game. I was almost certain that they were going to lose that game. Even when they were up 18 at the end of the third quarter, I was like, Curry's heating up. You can feel the pressure start to mount. I, I don't think this is going to end well for the Spurs. And uh, they eventually even lost the lead middle in the fourth quarter, but they rallied back. They got some, um, they really made some, Impressive defensive stands. They had a little bit of luck on a Keldon Johnson missed free throw that ended up uh, being a Derek White three. <laughs> and then uh, DeJounte Murray made it happen again. And, yeah. 
If you don't have him at the top of your most improved ballot, <clears throat> I think you're incorrect. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of good options for most improved this year. Um, I don't know who's going to get it, but he's he's creeping into that conversation for sure. And if the Spurs can improve their record anymore, he's got to be in the all-star conversation too. Definitely. Because it will be a, in large part because of him. Like we can talk yeah. about Derek is most to blame for this turn or blame most to credit for this turnaround. But DeJounte has been there and yeah. has done the same thing consistently and has just needed more help. Um, so I, I think to, he's, he's equal, if not more uh, foundation for, for this team finding its footing. Yeah. He's not the ceiling raiser floor raiser that Derek is with the way he impacts the game. But like you said, the consistency has been so key. And he's he's been there when the Spurs have needed him the most, even though it hasn't always yielded the best results in terms of winning games. But, I mean, you have to give DeJounte Murray a ton of credit. And I also think uh, Jakob Pertl coming back from COVID, it looks like he has his legs back underneath him. Big time. So the Spurs almost have their full complement of players. I think they're pretty much optimized. Everyone on this roster is being optimized right now. And Devin Vassell hasn't really even played in the last four games except mm -hmm. for the first half versus the Blazers. So, is there any chance for full strength Devin coming back? Everything problems with the rotation, like a, a too many, too many people, too many mouths to feed kind of situation. No, and I what's don't. What's the Thad Young update? What's the update there? So I'll go with the Devin thing first, and then we'll get to Thad because that's been a that's been a big development as well. Okay. Uh, so I think when Devin comes back, we probably just see a reduction in Brent Forbes's role because yes. the <laughs> the uh, one game that we did have. A full roster. Uh, the first half, Brent Forbes did not play. Yep. And then um, Devin went down. I, I guess he had um, quadriceps tightness or whatever. Uh, so Brent played in the second half, and he actually contributed. And, I, you know, Brent Forbes has been pretty good over the last two games. Uh, but I do think when Devin's back, we're probably going to see a little less Brent Forbes, maybe a little less Trey Jones. Mm -hmm. Um and that that'll that'll be what it looks like, and that's totally fine, yep. uh, because I think I do think that Bryn Forbes' best role is kind of like that um, emergency. We can't get anything going on offense. We need someone who can come in and maybe knock down a shot. Yep. Defense be damned. Yep. Uh, Run a quick pin down, get him open, go. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I think that was the theory behind signing him in the first place. Other than just getting a guy in who wants to be in San Antonio, and you know kind of has that knowledge of how the Spurs do things. Yep. Loves pop, vice versa. Yeah. Seems like everyone loves pop. Very true. Um, so the second thing... Mike D'Antoni doesn't. <laughs> he envies him. <laughs> he has little gray wispy pop hairs and a shrine in his closet. Perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That'd be a fun segment one day. Is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what type of uh, weirdness Mike D'Antoni would get into. I bet there's something like that, though. Voodoo dolls or some shit. Something very strange. I don't know. He's from West Virginia, right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe we're just like being classist or something. I don't know. But <laughs> Thad Young. Uh, so the other big thing has been Thad Young. Uh, so over this one streak, Drew Banks has pretty much fallen completely out of the rotation. Mm -hmm. And Thad Young has taken all of those minutes. And I don't know if it's just that the Spurs finally decided, okay, we gave Drew his opportunity we wanted to make sure that he had first crack at the backup center role because he's been here for so long and he's put in the work and that has just been undeniable. Or if it's that that made those comments about how he wasn't happy with his playing time and he understood the situation, but you know, he still thought that he should be deserving of a bigger role, which I think he was completely 
correct in making those comments. I didn't really hold any of that against Thad because a lot of this situation is out of his control and he's just the better player. Yep. So um, I don't blame him for making that, but now he's back in the rotation. He's really contributing. It's made a huge difference for the Spurs bench, not having that sort of two-way sinkhole that was Drew Eubanks. I don't want to, I don't want to keep piling on Drew Eubanks because he's a nice guy. Yeah. But Thaddeus Young is just the, far superior player yep and a better option for this this team and yep. for sure um yeah i don't know that i i didn't disagree with the comments at all and i think that it's also it's easy to judge people for saying things like that and oh it's going against the team and you should take handle that stuff behind closed doors but you gotta imagine like you just finished a hard-fought battle where you feel like you could have contributed more and then someone sticks a microphone in your face. Like, immediately mm-hmm. after. You haven't even had a chance to cool down emotionally, physically, anything. Like, you got to understand what I feel like there should be a little bit more of a, a, a longer leash when it comes to post-game comments sometimes because it's yeah. it's heat of the moment. It really is. Yeah. It's not like a press or pre, pre-practice Absolutely. or something. And it's not like Thad Young has been a bad teammate or has sulked on the court or even been confrontational with Pop. It seems like there's some affection there. It's just, you know, sure. he was he was voicing that he wasn't happy with his role. Yep, which should be fine. Yeah. 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 Anybody should be able to say that, especially if they're saying, I, I think I could help this team be better. Yeah. It's nobody. It's it's another. Sometimes there are selfish vibes with that. But mm-hmm. with him, it felt like uh, I don't think I'm being used properly. And mm-hmm. I don't think it's I think it's detrimental to the team. And I think if the Spurs weren't being transparent with Thad Young about what they're trying to do, about how they didn't expect this to be a winning season and they were probably going to move on from him, he would probably be a lot more upset than yes. he was. Yes, Um But I think he has an understanding that this is a very temporary situation. But even though it's temporary, he would like to be accommodated a little better as the veteran that he is. Understandable. Yeah. So what else do we have with the Spurs before we move on? Um, Let's see. I mean, what to you is the biggest thing to credit for this little turnaround? And does it seem permanent? How should we manage <laughs> expectations moving forward, that's in a, your opinion? That's a great question. I think that the outlook in terms of wins and losses for this season is a little bit rosier. With thing, if, they, if things stay as they are and no one gets hurt, I think this team is a little closer to a 500 team than a you know 300 team or yep. 25 percent one percentage team whatever they've been um they they could be knocking on the door of the play-in but that's assuming everyone's gonna stay healthy and i mean over the course of his career Derek white has not stayed healthy there and it's it's not his fault you know no, you, you, like i can't help having injuries but i don't know if at this point we can count on Derek white to be there for the re- remainder of the season and then you know covid's gonna happen true other guys are gonna go down um but I think uh, from a psychological standpoint, this team has turned the corner and they do have the confidence to go out there and feel like they can actually go into a fourth quarter and win the game uh, when they're up or when it's close. So regardless of the personnel, I think that's going to make a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I came into this podcast, I kind of wanted to talk about how this was going to affect the Spurs not getting a higher draft pick and I was going to ask about that as a follow-up like should be should knocking on the door of the play-in be seen as a disappointment or as a do you feel this team is set talent wise enough to not chase that top draft pick or is it at the risk of hitting that that treadmill in the middle of things 
So no, this team is not set enough from a talent standpoint. I think the best thing for them long-term would be getting a top-five pick. But on the other hand, you know, I, I do believe in karma with the basketball gods, and I think yeah. when you go out there and you try to be the best basketball team that you could be, you get rewarded at some point. Yeah. Um, so I'm okay with it. It's it's nice to see these guys uh, reap the benefits of their hard work because we've seen them all grow up in the Spurs system, and it's yeah. kind of rewarding to see them win games, even if it's not a lot of games. And you never know. Like, they could they could find another gem later in the lottery. I mean, Devin Vassell and Josh Primo both look like really talented picks. So... Big time. You, you know, I don't I don't know if there's a huge difference between getting the 11th pick and getting the 6th or 7th pick. So, true. If you're out of that top 5 with this draft, I think there's quite a quite a drop off and and plateau right there, yeah, for sure. For a few picks. Yeah, so why not just have some fun? Yep. I, no. I I'm kind of in that same boat. Like it doesn't hurt anybody long term, I don't think, to let the guys play it out and, and win basketball games every now and then for Christ's sake. So I, I do think this is a good point to transition over to the Rockets because the Rockets are in a very similar situation. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can compare the two streaks later, but in terms of how this impacts the long-term outlook for the team, um, how do you feel about it? See, it's funny. For me, it's kind of different because the team and the future prospects that are overperforming to an extent are so young that were this team to fall out of the lotto just because it's winning games, I would see that as evidence to the point that those foundational pieces are there already. And I would be optimistic about mm-hmm. not getting a lottery piece because maybe getting another star, quote-unquote, to, to anchor this is... Uh, going to complicate things even yep. more like why not get a you know 12th 13th pick or something and have a nice role player that develops out of it to to put alongside Jalen and Shengun who are clearly going to, well I don't know Jalen I guess you can't say is unequivocally clearly at this point I personally feel like he's going to look fucking incredible in the mm. one center lineup moving forward but um but Shengun in particular I I just think there's if this team keeps this up and wins and doesn't end up with a top bottom four record, I will not be hurt because I think that will, we don't have as many guys as far along the development process Mm -hmm. as the Spurs in Houston. And I feel like that that would be indicative that they're ahead of the curve and that the team would be moving the right direction, accelerating things a little faster on the rebuild um, as, as Raf stone has been want to do. You Um, know, it's interesting because over the course of this streak this uptick for the Rockets the two guys that I feel are the most responsible and I know Christian Wood got hurt but Wood and Tate the two 27 year olds actually yep Garrison Matthews a 25 year old who's been huge for the team and jump into the starting lineup as well yeah um so I, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, the guys who have been around the block a little bit, it seems like everybody on the team's a rookie um but because a lot of guys don't have a whole lot of NBA experience but most of these guys have been hooping professionally for a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those are the guys who are anchoring things down the stretch in particular. Um, I think last game, though, it was pretty nice to see. I, I don't know. We're kind of scattering all over the place here as far as topics go. But Point Shingoon made a yep. debut last game toward down the stretch. That was pretty fucking fun to watch. Um, but I, I, all in all, uh, what I've seen this little streak indicate is, A, um, 
I would like everybody in the class to apologize to Stevie Wonder Silas. Um, <laughs> and I think that uh, B, he, he's been really incredible, drawing up awesome sets. The team's been sticking to him. Defensively, the teams look fantastic mm -hmm. as well for the most part. Um, he's been adapting to injuries well. Uh, used Tice in a one-center lineup for a while. Used Chingun and Wood in the same lineup down the stretch the other night. Um, I think there are rooms for little minor gripes, like Shingun needs more minutes. But overall, everybody should chill on the Steven Silas is a bad coach or the wrong coach for this job talk for sure now. Um, uh, Wood, I'm sorry, man. You look awesome. KPJ, you can definitely be a point guard, dude. It's, things are looking in the right direction there. It's just the shooting percentages are kind of whack. I, I, I'm really confused about how I should feel right now uh, with this Rockets team because part of me is like, fuck, it's not a sure thing. Let's get that top three pick. Part of me is like, you know what? Nope. It's probably going to happen anyways. Uh, even with this winning streak, it's not like we're at a risk of falling out of the bottom four. Absolutely. And I think this this winning streak, it's been what? OKC twice, Orlando, Orlando and Charlotte and Chicago. Charlotte and Chicago. Yeah. So, so those, two good teams. Two basically. good teams and two teams that are arguably worse than the Rockets. Or trying to lose as hard or harder, for sure. Yeah, yeah from a front office perspective. Um, so just from that standpoint, it you might want to like not read a little too much into the streak. Yeah, um, I agree with that completely. Just because you, you did get a soft point in the schedule, but still, mm -hmm. two weeks ago, this team would not have done that. No, not at all. No. Two weeks ago, this team was getting blown out by teams as bad as Orlando and OKC. Even got blown out by OKC. Um, so I think it's nice to see some growth and some movement in the right direction, uh, some savvy adjustments, Eric Gordon playing his trade value way up. Yeah. Uh, even Daniel house, the last five games has looked incredible. Um, and it's been fun for me to see the team grow together. That's yeah. the biggest takeaway I've seen is from that whole report about Silas dropping, uh, everybody being kind of a laughing stock at the 15-game losing streak. Uh, it made them all kind of look at each other in the locker room and be like, man, fuck this. I don't want to mm -hmm. be remembered like this, and let's get out of this together instead of all of us trying to get out of it ourselves. And, and it, it seemed like something really clicked there. Yeah, and no, now I mean, it's almost a certainty that this won't be one of the three worst teams of all time just because yes. of the streak. So Thank God, yes. Yeah. It, that's very true. So I, I think the wall thing could complicate stuff moving forward, but I also think, like you said, injuries happen, and especially with this team, um, it seems. And, and I feel like minutes will be there for wall to be around and in the rotation uh, if, if that really, really comes to a head and he really demands that he needs to get out there. I worry about starting him as far as development goes, but I think he'd be okay with a bench roll. And I think with this team, there's so much, there's such a great depth of prospects. Like they're not guys who are going to help you win games, but there are so many guys that you want to see play that 
You know, a guy missing a game or two with a minor injury, you don't want to see it happen, but it's not the worst thing ever. No, not at all. Because that means you're going to get more, you know, Josh Christopher, Armani Brooks, you know, yes. whoever. Armani Brooks, man. He looks fantastic. Garrison Matthews. Got some shooters. Yes, finally. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Can you imagine one of these two guys would have been there around Harden? And I'm like, Garrison Matthews on a two-way contract. Mm -hmm. Like, he would have been there. You could have gotten... It's just... I feel like... The rebuild roster invokes this like uh, dig harder mentality with GMs that might not be there when you think you have this competitive roster and you're looking for established veterans to put around your guy. But it's like, dude, Brooks or Garrison Matthews on the 2019 Rockets would have been fucking sick. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like there's a lot of guys who can hoop. You can look everywhere undrafted gyms and, and those kind of guys. And, and I always find myself, uh, rooting for those guys harder yeah and, and maury then, was just so far up his own ass he kind of was man. with it, he, he was almost like an ideologue for his own paradigm of how building a roster should be must be two yeah. stars if we have two stars let's find yeah. a third yeah, yeah. And, and here are the avenues yeah. i will allow for it yes and it was just frustrating and he was like dogmatic to his own ideas it was wild I agree with that yeah. completely. Yes. And and when you're in it and you're watching him build these teams and, and every year he gets way more out of a player than you expect. And that said, the the guy that the whole all of us zealots could point to. Well, what about this guy? Look how much he got out of him. Oh, the Daryl Morey's a genius. Look at this second round pick that conveyed. And it's like, yeah, but he traded a first for Amon Shumpert. Yeah, but he did. You know what I mean? Like no. there are so many dumb things that happened and just to try to grasp at maybe potentially hitting a gold on a very high risk endeavor. And I mean, we still, we dump on Maury a lot because he's an asshole, but he yeah. still was the architect of the second greatest era of Rockets basketball of all time. Yep, definitely. And uh, the best record in, in a single season that yeah. they've ever had for sure in 2018. I just want to make sure we're being fair to Maury. Absolutely. And yeah. I was an, an acolyte for yeah. a long time. I was a, one of the little altar boys with mm -hmm. the helped put out the candles and hand out the little <laughs> communion wafers at Maury, Maury Mass. So don't worry. I was there. It's just uh, the way he went out in the last few seasons, I've kind of been wiping the crust from my eyes and mm -hmm. focusing and seeing how there have been some questionable moves at best with a lot of this. And he's not quite the... Uh, the untouchable God that he thinks he is and that other people tend to, to think he is as well. I still kind of subscribe to the conspiracy theory that as soon as the Chris Paul trade had to be made, uh, Maury kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yep. Maybe he could see that Harden wasn't going to stay and he just, you know, he said, fuck it. I think so too. Yeah. And that's in its own way, unprofessional as shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> But understandable as shit, too. So I don't want to dump too hard on him for that. Because, yeah, it, it did come out later at Harden when the Chris Paul trade was made. It was framed as a him or me situation. Um, so he, he was very open to the idea of leaving even then. Yeah. It's just a shame that they couldn't be a little bit more patient because Chris Paul really fucking rehabbed his value. They could have gotten a lot for him. Seriously. But... <laughs> seriously uh, you know uh, spilled milk yep exactly yeah. and you know they recouped draft picks great greatly in that hardened trade i think so moving forward especially there's already yeah. rumors chirping up about james harden where he might land this offseason in free agency and uh him leaving the nets 
the Kyrie situation being that it what it is. I don't have rosy prospects for those Nets draft picks. Um, I've seen a lot of things kind of unequivocally write them off as going to be bad picks, but that's uh, there's a lot of ifs that can happen before those picks convey. Yeah, so. I mean even even if they're the the 19th pick instead of the 30th pick, that's a that's a big boon, you big know. Time and value trade value yeah. goes way up once you yep. get out of the 20s for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this team. Uh, I think everybody should go kiss the ring of Steven Silas one more time. I'm going to say that just because I like to brag when my takes are right. (laughs) (laughs) um, Go. I hope KPJ gets healthy. I think he was turning the corner. Uh, Chris Wood has all but turned the corner. Like we were talking about DeJounte as an all-star. I think Chris Wood is not a stretch to say uh, if he keeps this up and the team wins a little more all-star level player for sure. He would have my vote. Hashtag NBA all-star Chris Wood. Um, and uh, Garrison Matthews is the man. Jay Sean Tate, just, just love that guy. Mm. Just the best. God, before the Spurs won on this streak, I was so prepared to come on this podcast and remind everyone that I suggested that the Rockets might finish with a better record than the Spurs this season. You did. I remember that, yeah. actually. It's still close. It's two it's games, two games, two games yeah. in the win column, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's wild. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be mad. but i don't know i'd be uh, this is all a backdrop to kind of a what if scenario if uh, of the rockets overachieving like if if it ends up the rockets end up with the top four pick i'm obviously going to be like fuck yes let's get that top four pick i think where you don't want to be is like um the eighth ninth pick so you're not really yes Moving the needle either way. Not improving, yeah. not showing any kind of flashes, but still not drafting the right guy to move that needle either. I'm with you How there. often are those guys franchise changers? Rare. Yeah. I feel like it's always before or after. Um, it's either a surprise find in the, in the 16, 17, 20 range. I feel like the, the draft has this pattern of magic numbers. Like the 11th pick has historically been great. Yep. Like that was the Paul George, Clay Thompson bunch of really good players were taken with that pick i feel like number three is always a, a, a gold mine uh-huh yeah too. three so it's like one three eleven uh 15, 15. where you've got like Giannis and Kawhi, the 30th Clint pick capella. Clint capella hey you know he's a really fucking good player he is dude's uh, an, a, an earned 86 overall in 2k you know he earned <laughs> that i think <laughs> yeah i mean i like yeah i don't have any i can't really yeah. disagree with that no yeah i think it was yeah. fine yeah Defense, defensive anchor, that man. And I'm happy for him. Just sucks that he had to go out of Houston the way he did. That was a bummer for Russ Westbrook to be the center for a half a season. Whoa. What a shame. Yeah, you know, like you said, spilled milk. Yeah. It's all good now. Um, what do we think of, before we get off the Rockets one more time, I, I think uh, I want to rant a little bit. I want to hear your take on the, uh, there's a lot of, Jalen Green gets hurt. Rockets start winning. Ha ha. LOL. You got the worst rookie in the draft. LOL. Type takes I'm seeing float around. Uh, how valid do you think this is? Obviously, aside from the LOL, you got the worst rookie in the draft garbage. Like Jalen Green leaving this team. Do you think that directly correlates with KPJ's kind of turnaround here? Or do you think that it's the center thing mostly in Silas level adjustments? So a few things. I do think the center adjustment has been the biggest thing. Me too. However, let's keep things in perspective. 
Jalen Green is a rookie guard. Yep. Rookie guards are usually detrimental to their team. Yes. No matter how talented and how high ceiling they are, they usually help you lose more than they help you win. Yes. That's just the way it is. And statistically speaking, when you boil it down, a lot of guards that are good NBA players really at the end of the day do that as well. Even mm-hmm. established guards are yeah. a detriment to their team, quote unquote, overall because they're bad defenders or because this, that, or the other. And yeah, to say that Jalen Green's a net negative isn't shitting on him or saying he's going to be a bad prospect. It's yeah, saying he's I, just I'm like every other rookie that. guard ever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, learning how to be a guard in the NBA and you can see this in San Antonio, like anytime Josh Primo gets minutes, he is lost on defense. And it's not that yep. he's a bad defensive player or he projects to be a bad defensive player. It's fucking hard to learn this stuff. It is. The game moves at an yeah. entirely different speed and understanding level Yeah. than the last layer or the last level at which these kids played. So there is that. I this the The big concern that I have from this is the KPJ green fit. I do think they kind of cannibalize each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're different players, but I don't think it's a, a glove in hand, OJ Simpson type fit <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So it is an OJ Simpson type fit then, I guess. Yeah. Because oh. remember, if it does not fit. You must acquit. I don't think OJ did it, man. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. At this point, I, I shrug. I'm like, hey. If the the jury in Los Angeles County found him not guilty, you know, and I don't know. I've heard, yeah, yeah. the LAPD could have taken, they, they deserved an L. They deserved an mm-hmm. L at that point. <laughs> Man, we got on to OJ. That's bad. The Texas Triangle True Crime Podcast. Yes. We probably have more <laughs> listens. Shit. A bunch of girls in big, thick-brimmed black hats from Austin would listen to our show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's my Stevie Nicks? <laughs> God <damn it. laughs> Some cocaine queens. <laughs> oh, man. We're in rare form today, guys. Um, but I do... I have a hesitation to really say fully I agree with you. I think there's been some awkward moments here, but I think it's because of the way they've expected it to be. You bring the ball, I bring the ball, you bring the ball, I bring mm-hmm. the ball. I think KPJ looking more competent as a point guard and distributor will be helpful mm-hmm. moving forward because Green is a really good spot-up shooter and mm-hmm. he's really good off-ball mover and he's willing to do that. And KPJ, eh, not so much on either of those things, but I don't think we need green to be the ball dominant guy anymore because KPJ is, is doing that well now. Um, And and so, and I like, I like Jalen green quite a bit, you know, attacking off the catch, cutting, cutting to the back door. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Doing things like that. So I think schematically Silas and the coaching staff could probably tweak some things to make the fit a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, like you said, Jalen Green was the second pick in the draft, and you want to see the ball in his hands. True. And you want him to get those reps being the lead guard. So, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard to hold everything in tension. Yep. It's it's kind of similar on a like kiddie pool little sandbox version, like the Rugrats version of Paul and Harden, I feel like, mm-hmm. where it can very easily be done. And I think uh like the way, like, imagine KPJ sits early 
Jalen runs a second unit for a while kind of vibes when they're both in the game. KPJ runs the ball. Jalen's off the ball kind yeah. of vibes. Like I think they can, they can make some magic happen. Like you said, Yeah. Uh, but it isn't exactly a hand in glove thing and it's going to need some working, which isn't really ideal. Um, but I still think both are in a tryout for, to see, I still think the team might not necessarily be sold on both being the backcourt of the future. They might yeah. still be trying to figure out, which one is the backcourt guy of the future. Um, so I don't necessarily think that the team is married to the idea of keeping both moving forward. Yeah, I'm still not sold on KPJ. He's looked better. He has. Um, I don't know about him. I was just going to say, I, I pulled the b-ball reference before we opened up because I really wanted to dig into how much better he's been in this win streak, and it's really not there statistically. It's yeah. all eye test, and um, the confidence levels through the roof. The turnover percentage has been way down. Mm -hmm. um, that's cool to see. Uh, the assists way up, the turnovers way down. That's, of course, a huge development, point guard speaking, but the shooting percentages have been bad. Mm -hmm. The shot IQ has been just as bad. Uh, he's been taking some dumb step backs and things when the game's really tight, and, mm -hmm. and it's like... Ugh! That's the exact time when you need to run that play you ran at the beginning of the game when it was two to zero, man. Like that's the time. Like, and so he's still learning that kind of stuff, and he's still inefficient as all hell. And yep. he and he's a bad defender. He's get, gotten a lot better, but it doesn't mean he's good. Better doesn't mean good. I think KPJ would be, uh, he would be greatly benefited from the uh, the old Popovich approach. Pop always tells guys, if I run a play for you. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm running a play for you to get a bucket. Yes. I'm running a play for you to set someone up. To get a look. To get a look. It's not about yes. you. Yes. So I think KPJ probably is going to have to learn that it's not always about him. Even though he is the fulcrum, it's not about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I, I agree with that. I've seen a lot of guys uh, where an assist is still a selfish stat in their mm. mind. And uh, I worry about KPJ falling into that, but I also see encouraging signs during this streak in particular mm -hmm. of a maturity and a team first mentality that I was worried about at the beginning of the season, not seeing. Um, so that I, I feel like something's really clicked from a leadership perspective, and I wonder if it all goes back to Silas. It might be a Lucas thing. Uh, John Lucas is a commanding presence for sure. And and but something happened when that report dropped, where all of these guys kind of sat down. It seems like, and we're like, we are have a pretty lucky to be in this position with this coach. We like him, and let's go ahead and play hard and make it seem like we don't want his ass fired. And that was an encouraging sign, I think, too. For, for the team moving forward and that hopefully they picked the right guy. I, I don't know. Cause I'm a big fan. Obviously yep. I've been, you know, the biggest defender. You've been on him since day one. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. a day one, but ultimately we're just going to have to keep monitoring the trends and that's sure. what we're here to do every week. Exactly. Um, Daniel Tice had some great minutes after being completely removed from the rotation. I don't think removing him from the rotation entirely was necessarily the linchpin. I think removing him from the wood yeah. pairing was the linchpin i think either or can have some good minutes for this team with these guys i think i think tice much like brent forbes in the spurs needs to be a situational player yes yeah um, when we need to guard a really big center yeah. i think is when tice needs to get trotted out there and he needs to do so without wood that being said i think shin goon could probably work with both of them 
uh, yeah, in a double, yeah. double big lineup. He kind of yeah. negates that spacing issue. Especially if what we're seeing from him defensively holds up long term. Yes. Yeah. Um, I still don't love the pairing with Wood defensively, not because of Shangun, but because of Wood. Yes. Um, <laughs> completely agree there. Yeah. <laughs> Wood just seems uh, so reactionary, but the reaction's kind of slow on defense. He just mm -hmm. seems flat-footed a lot of times on yeah. that end of the floor to me. He's way more interested in offense, and that's fine, dude. You're way better at it, so I get it. Like yeah. I'm way more interested in playing songs on the guitar that I can play than on trying to play Steve Vai or some shit. You know, like that's yeah. that's what it is. And no one wants to listen to Steve Vai. Also true. Steve yeah. Vai's music is boring. Shredding in general is just fucking boring. It kind of is. Yeah. It's like I'd rather hear this like on a violin with some cool symphony behind it, like mm. it was originally intended. You know, you're yeah. just stealing the scales, anyways. We all know it. I'm just kidding. That's that makes that really diminishes an incredible skill. Like shredding is badass, but it's just it's so limited in its usage where it doesn't sound completely out of place. I think. I think there are some shredders like Eric Johnson who can make it very musical. Yes, and, and tasteful, it's, yeah. and it's enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. But uh, let's do let's throw George Benson some love. Oh man. yeah, that dude. is a shredder yeah. who is very enjoyable. Yeah, Chet Atkins. Chet Atkins. Yep. Yeah. Bunch oh, yeah. of country guys. Yes. So many country players. Country guitar players do not get enough credit for how talented they are. Agreed. Nashville, in general, doesn't get enough credit for A, making the music that sounds the best from a studio perspective, um, and B, like, still allowing guitar solos. That's kind of cool. Rock music, even if the song has the guitar solo mm -hmm. in it, they edit it out for the radio. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't need this 30 seconds to chop. Like, come back to the chorus quickly, please. And fucking yeah. swag swag rock, like the... the oh, oh, oh. That yes. shit has taken over... The genre. Yes, it has. In such a terrible way, it's kind of sullied everything. It really has. Yeah. Well, this was a fun tangent. We haven't talked music on here in a while. It's, you know, uh, if anybody's been with us from the beginning, you'd, you'd know that that's one of our, our side passions and hustles. So I don't I wouldn't call it a hustle just yet. Maybe about to be, but I don't know. I think it was previously a hustle for me. Me too. It yeah. was definitely previously a hustle. There's been a lull. Hopefully it'll become a hustle again soon. Yeah. Yeah. I've renewed joy for music these last couple weeks and months. I have a renewed joy for spending money on music. <laughs> <laughs> it really fills the void, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, I love buying a new guitar. Oh, man, it's good. Or pedal. The pedal really it scratches the itch for me. I've decided I have to have a Gibson. Ooh. I have to have one. I don't care about the QC issues. I have to have one. <laughs> Um, I feel like you can find the used Gibsons from the old era when they were real guitars, pretty yeah. reasonably priced, like comparable to the new prices. I don't know. Those cool little double cutaway juniors and stuff. Those are mm. badass. I miss mine. R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh, well. Let's get back to basketball. Sorry for the music tangent. Anybody who didn't give a shit about any of that. We already talked about the stuff you wanted to hear anyways. Exactly. Come on. We're getting Nobody's, our shit in now. Yeah. Nobody yeah. cares about the Mavs segment. Let's be honest. I don't I don't even know what we're going to talk about with the Mavs other than everybody's hurt. It's pretty understandable. They're losing games. Yeah. Uh. What? We ask this question every week. Like, what do you do if you run the Mavs? I don't fucking know, man. Like, the Mavs are kind of the team that I would stay away from in 2K. Yes! Just because I'm like, what do you do with that, you know? I don't have anything worth trading yeah. other than the guy that should be absolutely untouchable and is. And and Chris Tapp, I guess 2K, you could make Chris Tapp's a valuable asset. 
But in real life, that's not a thing. No. So maybe they can do a... I wish... I bet you they're just salivating with the buyout. The buyout market is the thing that they're selling everybody as their hope. And the thing that we don't often... We should go to the Drogic, the Drogic thing next. Okay. But one side note, the thing that we often don't acknowledge when we talk about potential trades is even valuable assets... It's hard to get value for them because GMs are dicks. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody wants to win. Everyone's trying to rip each other off. That's the whole point of a trade is to rip someone off. Exactly. And uh, you'll notice every single trade almost that goes down, everybody has a take on Twitter about how bad one side got fleeced. And Mm -hmm. that's, they know, they know that just as well as we do, (laughs) you know, it's just stuff has to get done. And that's uh, usually someone's got to swallow a little bite of shit sandwich sometimes when that happens. So we did speculate before the season about Goran Dragic coming to the Mavs. So he has decided to basically sit out the season with the Raptors until he's either traded or bought out. Now I know the the story was that he's going back to Slovenia for personal family issues and he's not expected to return until he's no longer with the Raptors. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. What a cocky way to word that. Yeah. Man. Like, I'm going to try to just be immune from criticism altogether for this. That's <laughs> such a fun move, man. But uh, if there are indeed family issues, we wish you the best, Goran. Yeah. But well played, sir. They're well just, played. And definitely, they're on an indefinite timetable, these family issues. Yes. <laughs> I could be taken away from these family issues, though, if if I'm on the right team. If Miami wanted to come calling back, <laughs> I would like, happily back up Kyle Lowry. Sorry, Ma. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. That's funny, though. Um, well, his he's got to have a short list of teams, but yeah. a long list of suitors. People seem to believe that it's Dallas. Yes. Now, I know they are countrymen and supposedly friends. I don't know. Yes, Olympic mates. I don't know if being from the same country and playing on the same team... Once every four years makes you friends. I don't know either, but yeah. I don't know if they hang out otherwise. They might. Yeah. Seems like a lot of basketball players do manage to keep it pretty private. Mm-hmm. But I feel like two big time white basketball players hanging out. <laughs> like that's just like begging. Like, you know, think about any time Rob Gronkowski does anything. Like it's a mm-hmm. big fucking deal. Even yeah. if he's just partying. So who knows? But that fixes nothing for me on this Mavs roster. It gives them, I mean, the other thing is Dragic, Dragic has been bad this season. Yes, but also not, clearly not there. Yeah, maybe it's an engagement thing, but he is older. I, I could see him ending up in the Mavs, and then suddenly he's revitalized, and he's in a six-man role. Shooting or, 43% from three or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it hurts the Mavs. I don't think it moves the needle like it would have last year. No. Yeah. I guess having some proven shooting and facilitating around Luca for when he gets triple teamed at half court would be pretty damn helpful. So yeah, you're right. I don't think it moves the needle per se, but I don't think it would hurt. I think it would really could win a game or two in the regular season. Yeah. I think if you have Dragic out there, the 18 minutes that you don't have Brunson out, that's mm-hmm. pretty good backup point guard. Big time, you know, uh, better than most for yeah. sure. And definitely better than any available. Um, at the moment, uh, aside from John Wall, cough, cough. But how are you going to match that salary? Uh, that is a whole other situation. He would be a really nice fit in Dallas. 
Yeah, you would. Um, Honestly, a lot of the guys, quote unquote, available would be a really nice fit in Dallas. It's just a matter of cobbling together anything that those teams would want in yeah, return. The same thing with New York. Yeah. Um, you could you could see the fit, but it's just the contract is so hard to match. Yep. I think the Clippers is going to eventually, if anything happens this year, the Clippers have a, a list of like, it's like Kennard and two other turds basically but uh it's enough to match and and it might be some crap like that that ends up getting john wall without mm-hmm. a sweetener attached um like i don't know canard two dudes in a second whatever at least it's something you get another another shooter yep um i don't know you yeah. finally get ibaka on the rockets after all these true. years <laughs> very true yeah i don't i don't know if i don't know if the clippers pull the trigger on that no i don't either i think they're yeah. doing well enough without him yeah. To be fine. Um yeah, that's a weird situation. We'll keep we'll monitor the wall situation and keep y'all posted with our our, our takes on that. But mm-hmm. I think we're both still in a it wouldn't hurt a damn thing to bring him in and give him a few minutes camp. Yeah. And and if anything, it would just help the Rockets could use some good PR. But we're talking about the Mavs. Sorry we do this every week. Mavs fan fan. Mavs fan. The one Mavs fan that's still stuck it out, hoping maybe we'll turn the corner on the Mavs segment one day. No, it's not going to happen. Not till someone joins us. There's the recruitment pitch part of the show, people. Come on, talk Mavs with us. We got motor oil on the table. Mm -hmm. You can drink it. Then we've got motor oil. We've got thumbtacks. We could have a real fucking hardcore match here. (laughs) Even a kitchen lighter. Yeah. So we could. All right. Got a table. Table. Um, so yeah, come yeah. wrestle with us, Mavs fan. Mm-hmm. Talk wrestling and Mavs and music. We can grease else. each other up. We'll grease some dudes. Yeah. <laughs> God, that was a really unappealing pitch. Eric, <laughs> Eric's gonna freak out and add another rocket segment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm drying up over here. <laughs> Our feeble little Spurs segment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. What else you see from the rest of the league? Whew. It uh, is December. <laughs> yeah, true. What 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 is going around on around the league? Boogie Cousins in the Milwaukee in the Milwaukee. Yeah, kind of cool. Boogie Knights in Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. So they've got the Brook Lopez injury. Um, I I would love to see Boogie contributing on a good team me too I, I was telling you before i'd like to see him come in and, and take brooke lopez's job even that'd be kind of fun yeah. just because he could he could do that role he could do that job very well i think still. offensively for sure yeah. i don't defensively I don't... but we said that about brooke lopez he learned yeah well brooke lopez is just a fucking mountain of a man also very true boogie is in a different way he is yes yeah. he's a little slower mountain yeah he's not as towering yes as brooke lopez is but yeah, yeah i just like Every time Boogie comes up, I kind of go into a little retrospective on his career because I feel like we were robbed of some prime Boogie years on a good team because we wasted so much time in Sacramento. Went to the Pellies. Looked amazing. Looked like we were finally going to get prime Boogie on a playoff team. Then he tore his Achilles before the playoffs. (sighs) So sad. Was it the ACL or the Achilles first? I believe it was ACL first and then Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so sad. Yeah. That's a fucking bummer. He's had a really, he's had a real, uh, you can't even call his career tragic though. Dude keeps yeah. coming back. He just keeps coming back and contributing and playing well and growing as a person along the way. So you want to root for him even more. Um. So yeah, go, go boogie, man. I hope this works. 
Nothing but the best for my boogeyman. Amen to that. The boogity man. <laughs> um, what else is going on? The Zion Phoenix, thing? The Zion thing is fun. Um, you could have gotten an entire slip of construction paper under his shoes when he took that jump shot. I was impressed. He looks like he's back in form. <laughs> so are you ready to uh, unfurl your Zion conspiracy theory? <laughs> what that i think he's 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 playing the long game trying uh, to get out yeah. yeah i wouldn't be surprised man i don't know something's weird with zion in new orleans it is i think i think i mean clearly he doesn't want to be in new orleans yep. there there's just too much smoke for there not to be a fire but from a health standpoint i i think the more interesting part of it is that new orleans their pr team just keeps lying to the public about it it's ve- that's the part that's very weird to me is that there's no real information coming out ever and when there is it's vague and it turns out to be kind of misleading and not true uh yeah. from the the pelly's team and i just feel like when the front office doesn't know enough they make up vague things yeah. like that and i think zion's camp might just be keeping them in the fucking dark Might or be. something. I don't know that or, that's happening. How long, this is all speculation. How long until this foot soreness turns out to be that he needed another surgery? Yes. I I don't know. I don't know. It just seems, something seems very strange there. And uh, I, I personally just gun shy from the James Harden thing recently. At this, I, I'm just going to immediately assume the worst for a fledgling franchise and think that he's angling somehow. But yeah. I don't know. He's probably just injured, not being a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> we will see the Rockets and the Pelicans play tonight. Tonight, yeah. 6 p.m. Should be coming up pretty soon, actually. Hopefully the the illicit stream holds better than this Cavs-Jazz one has that's been broken since the end of the first quarter. Also, thank you to the 430 of you who liked my tweet. It gave me a real fucking complex, guys. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool, man. I gotta say, I'm gonna break through with the Rockets one soon. Don't worry. It's always the most mundane, factual statements that get like blown up for some reason. Yeah. Like remember that pop thing? It was like I just tweeted that pop needed 26 wins, oh, yeah. and I got like 200 retweets. Yes, that was so odd. Yeah. Yep. I remember I took that tweet and I I, I reworded it and put Silas in there afterwards. Like and it was like thirty two hundred wins or something, and uh, it got no interaction at all. And I was just like, yes, just and a few I, Angie Spurs fans. Those are my favorites when I'm like when I send out a really stupid tweet that I know a bunch of people saw because you just sent out a good one and then nothing happens to it. I'm like, yes, I did it. I annoyed you, but then I'm like, ah, oh, this is why I'm so bad at Twitter. I'm actively trying to annoy people. <laughs> if you were just wondering about the underlying mechanisms of how we run our Twitter account, we're very professional about it. Absol- oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you um, haven't noticed the emojis and the LOLs yes. from us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, God damn it. I can't ever make a joke without letting you know it's a joke by laughing at it myself. Don't yeah. worry, guys. Yeah. I know about this complex. We just have anxiety. Yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of anxiety... Shall we wrap her up? <laughs> Got anything else to hit before we get out of here? Sure you don't want to circle back to the Spurs? Feel bad. I bogarted this whole episode. Uh, we'll, we'll make up for it next week. We will. Yeah, I'm sure something will not happen with the Spurs because nothing ever happens with the Spurs. Um, Rockets will be back to losing. I won't want to talk about it. You know, yeah. something, will good, something like that will happen. Yeah. The universe evens itself out. 
I'll get a little lit before next episode. I know I keep promising everyone that I'm going to get drunk before the episode, and I just keep not doing it. I'll do it next week, and I promise, guys. You can bring the booze, man. I'm not going to be, like, weirded out or anything. Yeah. Just because I'm on a little break. You, you can you can get, get you know, have, have a party, man. Yeah. Bring those Sonic seltzers. On, on. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> like... brought to you by Sonic. <laughs> my closing thoughts for this podcast would be, uh, Braun Breaker is a stupid fucking name. Yes. He's Rex Steiner. He looks like a Steiner. He sounds like a Steiner. You put him... In a wrestling costume that looks like a Steiner, call him fucking Steiner. Yes. W, fuck you, Vince McMahon. I hate you. And I hope that Tony Khan buys your company. Yeah, I'm completely in agreement. Like, you did it with Randy Orton, like, third generation, third generation, yeah. this, that, the other, third generation. Blah, blah, blah. Like, here you have the opportunity to do that kind of thing again. And Is you're it because like, they're Steiners? I think so. There's yeah. that feud. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, Steiners still haven't really come back and kissed the ring to get into the Hall of Fame or anything like, the, like a lot of other ones have. So. God, I, I hope they don't because that, that kid is so good. He is. I hope that they don't like put him in the doghouse and have him jobbing. That would suck ass. Just to stick it up fucking Rick Steiner's ass and Scott Steiner's ass. That would be... Well, you know who would come around the corner with a big fat check is Tony Khan, and he'd Mm -hmm. do just fine in AEW. And you know who would be on the talent development team as soon as that happened is probably Rick Steiner, you know, Mm -hmm. if he's not already. I don't know what the hell that guy's up to. I know Scotty is a very successful restaurateur in Detroit. (laughs) Scott Steiner, (laughs) restaurant owner. (laughs) (laughs) Man, ah, uh, Scotty Steiner, what a regrettable interviewer slash entertaining man. <laughs> it was all good for me, man. I just <laughs> there were some in TNA that made me very uncomfortable. Let's just leave it. The TNA era Scott Steiner, I could erase from history and be okay with probably. Yeah, Scott, well, but that was when the math one happened. That, that was a that, pretty good one. See, you get the good with bad. Like you get yeah. the hilarious math yeah. one. And then he, like, goes on to a racist tangent. Yeah. So, you know. People I don't like. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable, man. Like, whoa, why did you have to punctuate with that? <laughs> but Triple H did the same thing. Very true. That yeah. angle with him and Booker T at WrestleMania, man. We could do a whole episode on that whole lead up. It was masterfully done. I feel like Triple H had a lot to do with it. Also, it looks like Triple H's wrestling career is officially over due to the uh, heart issues. That's kind of a bummer, man. He's one of the old guys that I was actually kind of look forward to coming back once a year because he would do some wild shit like his entire titty would fall out and he would finish the match. You know, like it didn't even matter. Like, he's like, oh, fuck, this probably hurts so bad. But he's like, ah, I'm Triple H and it's once a year on the game, baby. And it's like, damn, he summons that and his breast is hanging off. Yeah, it is. (laughs) His clearly artificially enhanced. Male breast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got the Hulk Hogan skin of a hot dog thing down, but he has lush, beautiful hair. Well, not really anymore. No. Now he's bald. It's, now he looks like Kratos. <laughs> they really did just jack Kratos from Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> Triple H had an all-time great badass look. Yes, he did. Yeah. Man, he was a badass wrestler. Yeah, he was awesome. One of the all-time best. And he, he's so he was so good at his character that they don't even call him Paul in real life. Everybody's yeah. like, "What's up, Hunter?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good wrestling tangent. We should probably probably call it a night now, right? 
Yeah, it's probably for the best. Uh, nope. There's no easy way to do this, guys, but... We're sorry. I have to say goodbye. Yep. Uh, listen to 99.5 KISS FM in the morning's Billy Madison show. And if you masturbate too much, you will get pictures all over. Yep. Speaking from experience. Very true. <laughs> you sound like a guy whose wife's out of town. <laughs> 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 all right, guys. We love you, bye.